I'm Mike Vardy. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. Welcome to the Productivities Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy, and I am excited today to bring you John Polster to the show. He is the podcast producer. We have a great discussion around a topic he's incredibly passionate about. One that I'm spending a bit more time with is the idea of meetings and making meetings better. We did a webinar in late March where we talked about three ingredients to better meetings. We go over that in this episode. We go over some questions that you may have with regards to things that crop up during the process of having meetings and how he tackles them, as well as you know some of the stuff that you may already be aware of, but, but how you can make them better when it comes to delivering meetings consistently, effectively, and productively. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to always chat with John about this stuff. Of course, he puts the show together, which is always really helpful. But I like the idea of discussing meetings because they are a huge time suck. There is a lot of cost behind them. And not just in time, but in, in money. And, you know, when we're living in, in a, an era where we can meet from wherever we want and we have access to each other almost 24 hours a day, it's important that when we do have these meetings that there is some structure behind them. And John and I go into detail uh during the next uh you know half hour or so so uh if you want to hear by the way the entire show uh, you know all the bonus materials um i encourage you to check out patreon.com slash productivity because there is more content there but what you're getting today is 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 awesome and i can't wait to share it with you so i'm just going to here is my discussion with john polstra meeting facilitation expert here on the productivityist podcast I'd like to welcome podcast producer John Polstra to the show today. John, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Good to be here. So we're going to talk about meetings again, because you can never talk about meetings more than, 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 you know, we have to talk about them more than once. There's no question, because they are a bane for a lot of people, aren't they? Absolutely. Um, It's funny, as, as we're recording this. Um, and I figure we'll, we'll converse a little bit before we dive into the, the meat of this meeting stuff is that we did, we, uh, we did a webinar recently. Uh, some of you may have seen it. Um, if you didn't register for it, then, you, you know, if you did register for it, you would have seen the replay while it was up. We're, we're going to probably do some more down the road. I loved the webinar stuff. Webinar Ninja is a fantastic platform. Um, I loved it. We had a great time, a very active, uh, group of people that were in there. Um, and so we did this webinar and we talked about the rules that we feel that that John has kind of laid out, and 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 the map that we're going to get to about you know putting together better meetings. 
And then within five hours of finishing up that webinar, I was in a meeting for my son's T-ball league and every rule that you set out was broken. <laughs> every rule. And I'm sitting there. I didn't say a word. First off, I was exhausted because <laughs> it was later. And also, I'm brand new. Like, this is my first time doing it. So I'm just sitting there and I'm watching. All, everything's going on. And uh, well, basically, everything that we're going to say that you should do, they didn't do. <laughs> and so I just was silently laughing to myself as well as feeling a bit, you know, I mean, the good thing about this, and I guess this is something I want to start off with, is because I was new to the environment, it didn't seem as painful. Does that make sense, John? Like it was it was more of an information session to me. So it didn't come across as a meeting more as a let a meet and greet, if that well, makes yeah. any sense. No, totally. And I think, yeah, I think what's important to keep in mind is that there are there are many different styles and types of meetings. And so, yeah, some of the things we'll probably talk about may fit, may not, but could, yeah, even if it was a meet and greet, it could be that some of these principles would have made it a better meet and greet. Right. Like, I mean, when we've, I, I've talked about the effing meeting that my wife and I have where we talk about, you know, finance, food, and family. And, and that's a meeting that's a personal one. And, you know, so, so there is structure, but it's not as, it's, it doesn't need to be terribly rigid. We just have a framework that we work within and, and that's how, how it works. I mean, this, this meeting that we had though was just, there was no, there was no, uh, structure to it. And, you know, it was, it was very interesting. So I just found that funny. And I kept thinking, I want to go and talk to these guys about the three ingredients to better meetings. That's what I want to talk to them about. But we're going to talk about that today uh, because, John, I mean, you and I have talked about meetings on a number of occasions. Um, just when we met in person as well as we – I think we touched on this before in an in episode for, for Patreon patrons, didn't we? Yeah, we did. So I want to talk first about the cost of meetings. And – there's a lot of data out there, and we'll put the links in the show notes, as many as, as we feel are necessary, because <laughs> there are a copious amount of links. But studies, some studies have indicated that you know millions, $37 million, in fact, are wasted on unproductive meetings. You know, the multitasking happens in meetings all the time. 92% of surveyed meeting attendees have said that they, they multitask. And, and it's funny, uh, Russell Lolliker... Um, a friend of mine who does the Upsell podcast responded to one of my Anchor posts. Um, and Anchor, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's kind of like an audio version of Twitter. You only have a certain amount of time to record. Uh, and he said one of the things that bothers him about meetings, because I asked him, like, how do you keep meetings from sucking? And he said, online meetings are the worst because you can't tell what people are doing. And I know from experience when I do coaching calls that there are instances where I see people's eyes dart away from the screen and away from looking at me. And I know that they've got a, a message that's popped up on their screen or something like that. And it it, it really does undermine the, the focus that we can have. And then we talk about status update meetings and those things and how they can waste time. And then on average, an employee can waste up to one third of their time in meetings. One third is a lot of time. I, I used to go to meetings all the time when I worked at Costco and it, it, it was painful. And Again, I'll, I'll, I don't want to go through all the details because I want to get John to talk quite a bit about some of the things that we can do to make these meetings better. But when you look at the, the show notes, you'll see how much money this costs an organization or your small business. Uh, and, and most people don't think about that. They just think about conveying information, right, John? They don't think about the long-term impact, right? No, no. I, it, and I think, too, well, a lot of times there's also just kind of a culture of meetings. It's like, well, you're supposed to have a meeting or we've always had this meeting, so we'll have it again. Yeah, it's tough to break that way of operating. You know, and I mean, when I talk to um 
when I talked about uh, to Sebastian from Blinkist about holacracy and then Blinkracy, which is what they use. I mean that that structure involves more meetings um but there are ways that they have those meetings that make them effective as opposed to just a whole bunch of meetings so when it boils down to meetings what you want to do is you want to have these 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 right ingredients you know and then like i said we talked about this on our webinar but the recipe for the right kind of meetings requires the right ingredients and not only that but like if you were baking or, or or you know right now my wife and i are doing some some more home cooking because we're on a I'm on a health 90 uh, program that uh, my friend Chris Watt has put me into uh we're cooking a lot more at home and making these recipes. And the thing is, if you don't put the right ingredients in the right order, then the recipe will not turn out. <laughs> you know, when you put a pizza together, if you put the cheese on before you put the sauce on, you are not going to make a very nice looking pizza. And so when you're when you're putting your meetings together, you want to put things on in the right order. And we came up with this acronym because, you know, all know who've been listening to the show for a while, how I love my acronyms. And to make better meanings, really, you need a map. And and the acronym isn't just to – the acronym, we'll talk about what it stands for in a minute. But there's a reason why a map is so important, right, John? Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, you, you can, a map applies to any kind of – a lot of situations. So whether it be meetings or maybe, you know, the traditional family road trip, you know you want to get somewhere and there's many ways to get there. But which way do you want to get there? So – often having a conscious, some conscious thoughts and intention behind how you want to get there um, has a big impact on the eventual outcome. So MAP, in the context of meetings, stands for minutes, agenda, and people. And these ideas are not new. You're probably thinking, guys, like, that's not new. Like, we all know that you we all know that you need people at a meeting and we all know that, you know, agendas and minutes are a good idea. My challenge to you would be, are you really doing them and are you doing them well? And if you're doing them and they're not working, why? Why not? So so these three things kind of came about. I'm a, a program manager at Red Hat, which is a, a big software company, and I work on managing product releases and also have a team of people that work for me that manage product releases. And kind of over time... I've seen really good product meetings and product meetings that don't work so well. So that's kind of influenced a lot of the things that that kind of crystallized here and then talking with Mike kind of come up with a few others. And so, yeah. You know, you'd think that the acronym should be PAM, people, agenda, <laughs> and meetings, right? Because you get the people, then you figure out the agenda, and then the minutes are the results of the agenda. But we... We thought about this because meetings are essentially broken in a large sense. You know, I mean, they're, they're too long. They, um, you know, there's no structure to them uh, or, they're, or they're overly structured or they're controlled by the wrong people or there's too, like there's so many elements there. But really, the reason we went with MAP, and it also does, to be fair, it does nicely line up with the daily map and, and, and all the map stuff that I do with the Now Your Method. Uh, but the, the key here is is that we... We made it a map because it's the journey, like you're saying, John, you know, but also you want to, and you want to start with the end in mind, but, and the minutes are, that's the outcome. That's the ending in mind. That's, that's what you want to see the meeting end up like that's, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to, you want to have the ideal minutes, the right minutes. So that's the first ingredient is the right minutes. And, and again, we, we talk about, I mean, the, the one thing I've found and, and Todd Henry agrees with me on this, cause he's used this quite a bit too, is, is that 
acronyms are an easy way for people to kind of uh, connect with 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 an idea or a framework. And so, again, with inside this, and John totally came up with this. He, like we were talking before we started recording, and he said, "You know, I'm gonna I, I riffed on these because I know that that." there's some kind of anchors that are surrounding and triggers that surround acronyms. So when it comes to putting the right minutes together, you wouldn't think that there's a celebration surrounding that, but John's put a woot there. <laughs> it's a woot. Woot. And so so there's four elements to putting the right minutes together. And and this is where I where I pass the baton over to John as he discusses what these four elements are and how they help you craft the right minutes. So woot stands for what got discussed and decided the outcome and next steps or actions, the owner for each next step or action, and the time that those actions will be completed by. And so what's cool here is that if you wanted to get started with this right away, if you're in a meeting in the next half hour after you're done listening to this episode, you could go grab a legal pad, put those four letters at the top of the legal pad, create columns surrounding it, and you would know that, okay, the first thing is the thing that got discussed. The second thing is the outcome and what the next steps and actions are. The third, o, the second O is the owner. So who's doing it? And the fourth is time. That's going to give you at least a good head start, right, John, on, on putting these things together. But let's dive deeper into these, okay? Yeah, I mean, what got discussed and decided, clarity here always helps. And, you know, when we talk about starting with the end in mind, a, the minutes kind of capsulizing the end of the meeting actually form the start of the next meeting. And so my encouragement here, as you're, well, you're, we're, we're talking about capture, but also when you are preparing for that next meeting, looking at the previous minutes to say, what was supposed to happen? Like for each of these four things, did these things occur as they were supposed to and following up on them before the next meeting? That's critical. I know that sounds simple and there's a big tendency, at least that I observe, where people say, well, I'll just follow up on this at the next meeting. But inevitably, <laughs> those things, you know, just life happens. Things don't get done. You run into problems. And inevitably, I find in chasing those things down before the next meeting, you discover things that need to be discussed at the next meeting. And then your agenda is already starting to create itself. So, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, in terms of other important things about the WOOT acronym here, uh, Outcome and next steps or actions. The more clarity there, the more specificity, the more specifics possible, the better, because then you'll kind of know what you're following up on. It's amazing. We go to so many meetings and consume so much information and have so many interactions. A day later, if it just says, you know, make sure stuff is fine with the legal department, what is that stuff? What do you need to do? Like, I'd have a hard time remembering. So, Clarity and preciseness there really helps. Same thing with an owner. Nothing is worse than saying, well, this amorphous group of people that do stuff will make sure that that gets done. But then you don't really know where to go to find out if it got done, and there's really no like person that you can hold accountable or go back to. So I always recommend for an, the next actions and steps, you've got one person's name there. Not two, not three, not a team. One person that you can go to that says, okay, you're the owner for this. I can count on you getting it done. Right, absolutely. And then time, when those actions will be done. And again, uh, being very specific here helps a lot. So if the minutes say this will be done by tomorrow or a couple days from now or the end of the week or this month, 
usually by the time the minutes go out, that context is completely lost. And then you have to go backwards and do all kinds of digging and figuring out and calculating to figure. So save yourself that pain <laughs> and just write down the calendar date because that never changes. Well, and, and and the thing is, is again, I mean, time is going to be critical. We talk about this in, in, in some of the other elements, uh, the other ingredients. But yeah, I mean, you need anytime you can break it down to its smallest component and be clear to everyone that that clear communication, because everything's subjective, right? I mean, the objectives of meetings are to accomplish certain things. That's what those outcomes are. That's the, the, the objective, but the, but how everyone approaches that is going to be very subjective. It's a lot like task management. You play off each other's strengths. Some people are going to be better at certain things than others. So by creating this common universally understood ground of this needs to be done by April 4th, that's understood. If you say it's by tomorrow, then first off, it's going to create two things, ambiguity, but also overwhelm in some cases because it creates it, – there's no there's nothing for people to tether to. There, you know, what does tomorrow mean? How does tomorrow look? Like it just creates too many questions. So Beginning of tomorrow, end yeah. of tomorrow, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, the, the less questions you have when you're, when you're pulling away the minutes, the better because otherwise, who's going to be the one answering those questions? It's going to be the person that put the, the, the minutes together or a combination of people which makes it – which all of a sudden you know, you've got the grapevine thing going where it's it's the you know what was discussed well this was kind of discussed and you're going to get a, 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 a no we didn't discuss that yeah you're going to get a flawed <laughs> perspective um and the other way that the, now you know here's the thing the way that the, the the middle part of this 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 acronym the second ingredient would be the second ingredient i think no matter which way you did it is the right agenda like that is that is key i cannot tell you how many times i've gone into meetings with no agendas right with none in in mind um and in some cases, like you said earlier, John, like sometimes if you're having a meet and greet, the, the agenda could be very small. It could be whatever, but you still need to keep in mind that, you know, there has to be some kind of framework. Now, again, we've got another acronym here, um, and this one's pretty easy. It's CAT, you know, CAT's like structure. I had a cat. <laughs> I had a cat. My wife hated my cat. Um, that would we would move the litter box uh, because we were trying to get used to where and he, and my cat got used to where the litter box was supposed to be, and when the litter box was moved, guess where the cat still went to the bathroom? That that was not good. But cats like to have that structure; they don't like to be disrupted. So maybe that's how you 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 integrate <laughs> it. That's how I would. But you've got more you've got more uh, more depth to this acronym than that. So why don't you dive into that? This concept of starting with the end in mind. Even as you're thinking about the minutes, apply the so when you're thinking about the minutes, what do you want those minutes to look like before the meeting even starts? Same thing with the agenda. What do you want the meeting to look like as it's happening, as it's starting, as it's happening, as it's ending? So again, the tie into the minutes. You know, using the road trip analogy, you know, do you, you're looking at the map and you're like, well, do I want to take this little tiny road, this little two-laner in the middle of nowhere? It'll take us 10 extra hours, but we're going to see all kinds of cool stuff and meet the locals. Well, okay, yeah, that's what I want to do. Okay, sign up for that. Or do I want to get there as fast as possible? I want to take the toll road, the interstate, whatever, and get there as soon as I can. So same thing with your meetings. You know, When you're thinking about the agenda, what do I have in mind for this meeting? What do I want it to look like? And so CAT, stands for clarity around what needs to be discussed or decided. A stands for anticipated outcome. And T stands for time allotted or planned. So clarity around what needs to be discussed or decided is 
kind of what we just talked about um, in terms of your intention and where you want to go. But it also gets to, as you're kind of laying out the individual things that you want to talk about, say, say you have five of them and you've got an hour, um, what do you what do you really need to discuss and decide about those topics? Because I have a strong belief that if there's nothing to really decide or discuss around it that hopefully leads to a decision, do you really need to have it on the agenda and should it really even be in your meeting to begin with? Mm-hmm. Can it be handled some other way? So if it's collecting status, I have a big aversion to status collection meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Can you collect those over email or a spreadsheet or a Google Doc or Trello or whatever slack like whatever your tools are there you know can those other mechanisms be used to collect that information so i always come back to okay we need to discuss and decide some things what are they going to be and tied into the next one anticipated outcome what do we need to get with that so uh we're, we're trying to decide on a on a product launch date okay well what do we need to decide about that date like well when it needs to land is it be end of the week end of the month beginning of a week on a Tuesday, you know, what is it? And so thinking these things through and kind of understanding, thinking in advance, like where will we need to lead the discussion and where do we probably need to end up can really help put some of those details in the agenda and then also um, using those kind of as, as guidelines as you're going. And then the third one, time allotted or planned is also a guideline. I like to think of this in two ways. Sometimes giving time s- slots to the meet to the topics themselves. So, if in our example of five topics in a in an hour long meeting, that's you know sixty divided by t- by five is twelve. You essentially have twelve minutes per topic. So, is that enough time for those topics? If it's not, um, sometimes I find in in using this approach. I will create an agenda and I'll I'll start saying, oh, okay, this topic's probably about five minutes. This one's about 10. This one's about 20. This is about 30. It's like, oh, well, I have uh, four meetings worth of topics here. This isn't going to work. And I tend to, I also, uh, just a rule of thumb, an hour or less in terms of engagement, in terms of mental presence, of pe- be, of people's ability to concentrate and contribute, keep it to an hour or less or schedule a separate meeting to do the follow-on. So, Sometimes a great outcome of this process, again, is you discover a topic that's going to take 45 minutes or an hour to discuss. You're better off just scheduling a separate meeting before the meeting that you're having here. And then you can include in this agenda, you know, a reference that, hey, this topic takes too much time to discuss at this meeting. We're, We're making a conscious decision not to cover it today. But don't worry. There's already a meeting scheduled on your calendar for tomorrow. Everyone's invited. We'll cover it there. So the the again the takeaway with the time here is assigning time values to each of the topics either explicitly sometimes I've actually put that in the agenda to set expectations for the meeting attendees as well as just kind of a reminder myself and then just kind of an overall like okay how much time am I allocating overall and is everything going to fit in it one of the things that I, I wanted to touch on here really quickly is uh, you, we talk about standing meetings and a lot of people think, oh, standing meetings like a regular meeting. No, I mean standing up. Jason Fried's talked about that, you know, where it's, it's, it's you know, you have to stand up. So so that's, that's I think this also leads to the next element that we're going to talk about here, the next ingredient. But if you want to keep your meeting shorter, make, make, remove all the chairs. Uh-huh. You know, like make people stand up because no one is going to want to stand up for 90 minutes, not even the person that's running the meeting. 
because they, they they're just not gonna want they're not going to want to do that. Well, I'm hearing about that more and more too. Is like different. So that's a big part of the agile software mm-hmm. development and Scrum culture. It's funny. I've been seeing this in some podcasting. I think I can't remember. It was a podcast training or something. But I'm seeing this pop up in different like productivity places of you know embracing this idea of agile and and all that. But yeah, the standing meeting thing I think definitely fits in right there. Now, what else happens is if you have a standing meeting, then people will be more apt to maybe not necessarily come to the meeting unless they need to be there. And that's why having the right people is the third ingredient. And, and it you know, one of the things that, that we talked about, um, we've talked about before is, is when, I, when I would have that status meeting at Costco, every department manager would be there. Every single one, except for there would be one manager that there. I think there'd be one manager that would have to be out on the floor in case staff needed a manager, um, which also seemed rather ridiculous considering that there were so many people in the warehouse that if one manager could not possibly handle all, any of the things that, that the staff might need, especially because there's a merchandising staff and there's administrative staff. So let's talk about the right people because that can make or break a meeting. I think more than anything else, right, John? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and people are kind of the most volatile ingredient. <laughs> well, yeah, you can't control them. You can't say, okay, you know, I mean, you can you can shape the agenda and you can craft minutes, but you cannot, the only way that you can shape the the impact of individuals being in the meeting is to make sure that they are the right individuals. And mm-hmm. oddly enough, that's the acronym, R-I-T-E, right. And John, let's dive into that now, shall we? Yeah, so before I get to right, so the, the tie-in here, also, is if you're as you're doing the agenda, it's asking yourself, okay, we're covering these topics. Do these topics apply to the people that are invited to the meeting? Mm-hmm. And if they don't, well, either you need to invite them, or you need to have a different meeting to involve the people that that need to be there. Nothing is worse, in my opinion, than having a you know, say, ten people at a meeting, and you have a topic that applies to one pe- one person in the meeting. Like what? Like, how are those other nine people benefiting if it has nothing to do with their lives or any of that? So, in terms of the right people, right stands for responsible or accountable for taking action, informed, but they really shouldn't be there. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Timely, uh, so people that are attending are able to make timely decisions or actions and coordinate with the right people. And E, for eight or so no more than 12. So why don't we work this backwards? Sure. So the eight or more ties into your little pizza analogy. I think the the tool we created, what, what did we call that? The 2PR? The 2PR meeting attendee tool. So that's that's the Jeff Bezos rule where he basically says that, and this just goes beyond meetings too, is if a team cannot be fed with two pizzas, then the team is, is, is too big. So you know you want to be able to have pizza left over or just enough pizza. To, so it's the same thing. We use this for meetings where you could say, okay, um, let's say each p- each meeting, uh, each pizza rather gives you eight slices and the average person can eat two slices. So there you go. That's eight people. If you need more pizza, then somebody shouldn't be in the meeting. That's kind of the way we did it. And so in this tool that we, we put together, and we offered it as part of the kind of when we did the webinar is uh, as a free kind of gift is that people could take it, fill in the names of the people in the pie charts, so that way they could see how quickly things were filling up, and go from there. So it's 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 an interesting thought. I mean, and it's simple. I love that idea that it's simple. It's like, you know, uh, can I feed all these people with these two pizzas? Nope. Okay, you're out, you're out, you're out, you're out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's genius in its simplicity in a lot of ways. 
And another, yeah, along the lines of the simplicity, another approach I've taken here is limiting attendance to two people per team. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll end up, at least in my context, a you know a product uh, development team where you know there's probably six or seven different functions that need to be at the meeting, but you don't need four or five people from each function at the meeting to decide things and make decisions. Well, if you do, my experience is there's something that needs to be fixed on that team, not at the meeting. Right. So I find that this limiting it to two or even one person per team, I, I, I flex my preference would be one, but two kind of gives you a backup and it gives people a little bit of flexibility. Um, but the idea is that by limiting it, you're forcing each team to kind of send their best person. Right their best person in the context of the meeting, what's being discussed and decided. And so hopefully that person comes prepared because they're the only one coming. They're not bringing their five people from their team that are going to answer all the questions that they can't answer. It's like, no, they're accountable for their team and their delivery. They're coming with the answers. They're able to make decisions. They're able to move things forward. And the meetings go a lot smoother when you have those people at the meeting versus, you know, the collective of five or six or seven. So, Working backwards, timely, we want people that are able to make timely decisions or take action, kind of like I was just saying. So um, also people that are able to show up on time. This this can be a tricky one. Mm-hmm. I know that sometimes I have people that are double, triple booked for the meetings that I've set up, even though they said they could be there, and then they aren't able to come or can't come or whatever. A lot of times I'll use that as a cue to say, you know what, I know you're really busy. Is there any possible way you can send an alternate or we can coordinate someone else that can be here when the meeting starts so that we can, you know, be as efficient and move through all the topics? The next one, informed. This is actually a misnomer. What I'm saying here is attendees that simply need to be informed are not necessary. And you say, well, what do you mean? I say, well, my, the, and, and my, my, re- Response here is that they can read the minutes because you got a really good agenda that helps you create really good minutes. And if the minutes are really good, people that just need to know what's going on should be able to get that from the minutes. Mm-hmm. And I also have often found that, you know, those people that they just need to be informed. There's also that difference between need and want yep. and uh, fear of missing out. I often find that those people, although they promise to just come and listen, <laughs> suddenly have strong opinions when there's a topic that they know something about or have strong opinions on and then the meeting gets derailed so again the the right people it keeps coming back to this thing we want the meeting to run as efficiently as possible and not get derailed and so having the right people present helps the meeting not to get derailed then the last one is responsible or accountable I think I've kind of already mentioned this, but again, the idea is you've got decision makers there. You've got people that have a grasp of the situation that can make decisions without saying, well, I don't know, you know, I'll have to go talk to so-and-so or find out if this is okay. People that can make that decision, things can move forward. It, It removes a step. So again, our acronym here is the bringing the right people. So there you have it. That's really what the, the map is. It's the minutes, the agenda, and the people. One quick question I have before we before we shift back to, uh, uh, you know, wrapping things up per se. How do you get good at facilitating? Like, how do you, and I know we touch on this in Meeting Makeover for sure. And I don't want you to kind of, I mean, you could talk about this for a long time, I know. But it, 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 
one of the things I'm sure people struggle with is the idea that like you, 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 you're a meeting facilitator. You actually want to own the meetings and some organizations, they don't think that forward thinking. Like I, I know I was talking to Tony Stubblebine of coach.me and he said that there's, there's organizations that employ meeting facilitation people, you know, uh, in, in, in Silicon Valley, especially because that's their job. And even the people that are the CEOs listen to that person in that role. How do you, again, and I'm sure it's a culture shift question, but how do you kind of broach the subject to say, Hey, look, I know how we can make meetings more effective within our organization. That's one thing I noticed, by the way, in the webinar, we talked about this before we went on the, the air is that the people that were in our webinar yesterday were really into it, but I'm sure they probably thought, well, this is all well and good in some cases, but I don't have, I don't work for a company or, or on a team that is willing to give up the control of the meetings to somebody like me who will facilitate. So how do you, how do you grok that? So there's two questions there. I think one is, is how do you how do you change <laughs> how do you change the culture if you're not in control? And then the other one was how do you become a good facilitator? Yeah. How do you be, so training and experience? I had the the amazing fortunate surprise of ending up in a I was taking a track of project management classes at Portland State University and just to kind of put more tools in my toolbox. And one of them was facilitating meetings. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. You know, I go to a lot of meetings and I run meetings and I'll go to that. Totally got more than I bargained for. Showed up to the class, two solid days, 70 to 80% of the class was facilitating fake meetings in this classroom setting. Completely changed my game. And it also kind of kind of created the spark that's kind of lit this fire around my passion on this topic, which is, like, this is fun. This can actually work. This can actually be better. And and so from that, one of the challenges I've never forgotten that the instructor left us, left us all with was try scary things. Get outside of your comfort zone and ask people to do uncomfortable things. So whether it be, uh, Sam, you know, you're responsible for development and it looks like this is this particular action item is in your area. Can we put you down as the owner and will you own this and come back to us next week? As opposed to that awkward silence in the meeting where you say, well, so who wants to own this? And nobody raises their hand. So I think actually you should characterize it more as like see what you can get away with. So right. as a facilitator, I think I saw my skills and my effectiveness grow the more and more I tried to see what I could get away with. And I'm, you know... I'm probably not the most like in your face type person, but I started to see that, you know, asking Sam to take the agenda item like didn't hurt. Sam was like, well, yeah, sure. You know, occasionally people will say no, but there's there's kind of the social dynamics, the peer pressure and all that stuff going on there. So just seeing what you can get away with. See what happens when you start the meeting on time. Is anyone really going to get that mad at you because you started on time? I don't know. See what happens. So it's it's running experiments. It's iterating. It's it's trying those things that you're like, I don't know if this person's going to like this or not, or if they're going to go along with it, is seeing what happens. In terms of changing the culture and what can you do if you're not like a designated facilitator, I would say try to be stealth with some of these techniques. So if you're at a meeting that has no minutes, be part of the solution. Volunteer to create the minutes. Hey, Mike, you know, I noticed that our meetings don't usually have minutes. Would you mind if I if I just kind of collected the if I started doing minutes for our meeting? Absolutely. Oh, wait, <laughs> so, that wasn't a question for me. That was just hypothetical. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, 
who's going to say no to that? They're just, no, they're not. So in other words, volunteering and, and also you can make it a pilot. You should say, you know what, you know, Mike, I just want to do a test. I'm just curious. Like, I'm just wondering if, if our meetings would get more effective if we had minutes and I'd be willing to just do the minutes for the next two or three weeks just to see if, if they work and if they don't, we'll just stop doing it. But if it's valuable, maybe we'll share the responsibility or do it together or some crazy thing. So yeah, like that, you could do that with minutes. Same with the agenda, you know, Hey, I noticed there's never agenda. Could, could I help you craft an agenda for this meeting? Um, I think an agenda might help us actually cover more topics and have more focused, effective discussions. Could I help create an agenda for the next meeting? Who's going to turn down an agenda if they're not creating one or they don't have time to. So I would say looking for those little ways to, to try some of these tools, to volunteer to do them. And I mean, if you wanted to be really aggressive, you could say, you know, hey, I've been to some meetings where there's a designated facilitator. I think I'd like to grow into this role or try it. Would you mind if I was kind of the designated facilitator for our next meeting? Let's kind of see how it goes. And you'd have to kind of set ground rules with that person to, you know, say, okay, as a facilitator, it means that I might cut you off. I might tell you we need to move on. I might blame the agenda, but you're kind of giving me that role and that power. And as long as you're willing to support me in this for this one meeting, we'll see how it goes. You know, we can decide if this is a a good idea or not. So yeah, experimentation, trial and error, maybe some failing, probably some failing. But, you know, that's how the good stuff happens. Excellent points. And now I think it's just time to wrap up. I think we're we're at that point. I want to share with people a couple of things that they can do here because of the way we we've kind of structured this podcast. We're talking about meetings. We don't normally do this, um, but we feel we, we figured that this would be a good t- opportunity to offer the same uh, something not the exact same that people got in the webinar because that's exclusive, but something that that you could take away uh, if you decided that you want to make your meetings better starting you know today is we have the meeting makeover product. And what we want to do is we want to include in the Meaning Makeover product a, a – uh, it's, it's an interesting tie-in to the thing I've been working on, which is the Now Your Method and how to uh, craft your agenda in a way that serves those needs and wants that you were talking about, John. So what we're going to do is is if you um, if you purchase Meeting Makeover, either the uh, – and as you're listening to this, there's the the, the – it's 39 bucks, so it's not very expensive at all. Um, and the value that you're going to get out of it is going to really make your meetings soar. You're going to make them more meaningful. They're, they're going to matter more. They're going to be more productive. Uh, you will get this agenda template that we're creating that that ties in nicely to the Now Your Method, which, of course, is a, a product that the flagship product I've been working on. And we'll have more on that in a little while. In fact, it's the first time I'm mentioning it on the public podcast. So there you go. Uh, so you'll be able to get that. And that's a free bonus is is the template. And, and that, to me, is is something that I, I think is is uh, very valuable. And then we do have, if you're listening to this, the day that the podcast comes out. So this is, the podcast is released on Monday, which is the 4th of April, 2016. And if you want to get direct help from John, and you're not a, a Patreon supporter, because the Patreon people that were listening, they got their own little special deal. If you become a Patreon supporter, you'll get some special deals too. So you may want to go to uh, check that out. That'll be in the show notes. Uh, you can also get the meeting makeover plus that we're offering, which means you'll still get that free bonus that we're offering, which is the now your uh, meeting template, now your method meeting template. But you'll also be able to book a session with John and get direct help from John. 
and that is $99. So again, we normally don't do this kind of thing at the end of podcasts, but I figured, you know what? This is such a big pain point for people, and we've got a meeting facilitation expert here. Uh, you know, he's the guy that puts the show together too. So big, big props to you, John, for that. But I figured let's 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 offer this out to the podcast listeners. There's more of you out there now that have ever been there before, and I'm sure some of you are struggling with this. So I'll have all those links to that in the show notes. And John, not, thanks again for putting the show together. But thanks again for coming on and just talking about the the idea of putting together a map for your meetings and really striving to give people the the ideas of how they can craft and shape better meetings. You're welcome. Now, where can people find you online if they are looking for you other than go, than, than to reaching out to you directly when they purchase Meeting Makeover Plus? All right. Good place to do that is johnpolster.com or johnpolster on Twitter. Awesome. Thanks so much to everybody for joining me this week. I really appreciate it. Again, uh, ratings and reviews in iTunes are always appreciated. It helps people find us uh, quickly and easily. And again, if you want to support the show via Patreon, go to patreon.com slash productivityist, and you'll be able to do that there. And of course, don't forget to check out Meeting Makeover and Meeting Makeover Plus. Lots of great stuff this episode. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm Mike Vardy, host of the Productivityist podcast, founder of Productivityist and Productivity Strategist, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. <laughs>